All right, you guys, podcast time. We got the equipment and the perfect business plan. Give our show away for free and tell no one how to find it. Ready? Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian! I think he broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Welcome everyone. Walking down. Welcome everyone. HIAC Talk Radio. My friends are here. Craig is here. Derek McDonald, McDonald is here. I had to beg him, please. I didn't have to beg him, please. No, no. I, mean, I think I begged now. to come back. Yeah. yeah, he begged to come back. I mean, the door is open anytime. And I just noticed there was a two. I just noticed that the world's greatest tag team is wearing a beautiful Bobby Eaton trunks on AEW. I just noticed that. They have the, the lines across the back. I just realized that. And that's a coincidence because this is the wrestling podcast that is Hell on the Cell Talk Radio. I haven't said the full name in so long. Um, but I wanted to bring you two gentlemen together because I, I brought it. Craig and I kind of touched upon it last week. And I needed to get another third. I needed another voice in here because, you know, who wants to hear a white dude, fat white dude talk about this? Um, but on the, no, you don't, Craig. On the heels. <laughs> On the heels of Big E shocking the world, you know, because everybody knew it was going to happen. Well, no, I no, I didn't I know it was going. I didn't. I didn't know it was going to happen. I thought we were getting swerved. To be honest, I really did. Yeah. Yep. And they didn't. They didn't swerve. But on the eve of Bobby Lashley, uh, the way they did it, I love the way that they. It was like when they announced. It was like when they announced Goldberg was fighting Hogan. And the day they announced it, which was, it was like, he's beaten Hogan, right? Mm -hmm. But when you got to the, when you got to the show, they, they gave you just a seed of doubt where, oh, is he, is he beating Hogan? Is this happening tonight? And of course it did. And they didn't give you the seed of doubt, but on Raw, they planted this story to keep you on your toes the whole time to the, get to the eventual point to have his brothers come out at the end of the night and celebrate it. Uh, so first of all, Derek, our guest of honor, Big E, one of the guys that I would argue probably deserves it the most out of probably 90% of that locker room. He is the world champion. Yes. And, um, and it's funny how it happened because they have New Day. They have a podcast that they do um, that comes on Monday. And I listened this past Monday and it was in a way a tribute to Daphne because they talked about mental health. Yeah. And he, he talked about how he blew his knee out playing football. He didn't know what to do. You know, he had suicidal thoughts, this and that. And he basically said getting signed to WWE saved his life because it gave his life meaning. It gave him direction, you know. And this and that. And then for him to win that belt, um, the way he did it, and to see the outpouring of loving he's getting from everybody, from legends, from people in other companies, people in his own locker room, he's universally loved, which you guys know better than me in that industry. It's it's hard to find guys who are universally loved now. No, you no, no, you know with your own experience, it's pretty hard to find. 
Yes, yes. And um, it was great. And the fact of what it represented, um, and like I said, you guys spoke about this last week, it's, it, it's the first time in all the years of wrestling where a Black world champion dropped the title to another Black wrestler. And it feels so crazy that it didn't happen until 2021, but it just shows how far we've come in a business that doesn't really evolve well over the years. So it was amazing. It couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, you know, he's well-spoken, he's college educated, he's a good dude. Um, I don't think it could have happened to a better guy. And it was, it was great to see. The, you know, the, the historical significance isn't lost on me and obviously it isn't lost on, um, on me or Derek. So, and that part, it was very heartwarming to see. And I, I posted it on my uh, Facebook page, how representation matters and how this year, uh, yeah, it took all the way to 2021 to have two black women or two women of color headline a WrestleMania. Uh, it took, I don't know how many years for another black intercontinental champion with um, Apollo Crews. And uh, first black, and it, it, people for, um, have overlooked the fact that Big E was the first black Money in the Bank winner ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no one had ever done that, and he all, and he became the first one to 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 cash it in. And you know, and with Big E, I'm happy. And but it's it's uh, not to to uh, rain or to be a or a devil's advocate or anything like that. But how I feel about Big E, Dan, is how you feel about Norm Crosby. Um, I've, I've never been a, a, a big fan. Norm McDonald, I'm sorry. You did the um, same thing Steve did. Steve did, did yeah, 40 and stuff. With Norm McDonald, uh, Dan wasn't the biggest fan of Norm McDonald. I'm, and how he feels about Norm McDonald is how I feel about Big E. Uh, I, I, he's a great guy. And I, yeah, obviously, the uh, significance of his win isn't lost on me. Um, and he's paid his dues and uh, he, he's earned it and he deserves it. But as far as people that um, also or I, I would be happier, I would be as happy as I am for Big E, I would be happier for a Cesaro. That's yeah. someone I feel has earned it and deserves it way more than Big E. Not downing Big E's accomplishments, his ability or anything like that, but. I was watching Cesaro going to a draw with Tyler Black here in Philly yeah. in front of 120 people where Biggie didn't even exist mm-hmm. in professional wrestling. So yes, I'm but I'm I'm grateful and I'm I'm happy for him and I'm happy for the the significance of it that we had to wait till 2021 for this to happen. Yeah. Um you're gonna hear that echoed quite a bit, but it, it happened though. It, I'd rather I'd rather be saying it, and I'm alive to see it, than mm-hmm. you know it never happening. You know, that's what's blowing my mind about the whole thing. And my 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 pale ignorance is tw- what? That's the first time it's happened. Jesus Christ, God. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, there's no excuse for that. Well, let's talk about representation. I'm gonna let you two discuss it because you know like i said and rightfully so nobody needs to hear me step on a soapbox <laughs> a privileged soapbox um I, i'm not doing coke my nose itches guys um <laughs> I'm doing coke. although yeah, although right. funny story roscoe snorted cocoa today because he got into it we're moving and boxing stuff away we had <laughs> baker's cocoa out in one of the bags on the floor hasn't touched it in two days <laughs> we walk away to go pack the um you know, we're doing stuff in the back rooms, putting stuff in boxes. 
And all of a sudden, he walks up to us going, <laughs> I was like, go check the living room. What did he do? Cocoa all over the place. I don't think he ate any of it. I think he got it open, poured it out, got his nose into it, tasted it, and went, this sucks. Also, he had it up his nose. So he's coming to us going, help me. God, yeah, help me. I don't, he's looking at me going, I don't know what's wrong. But anyway, I'm not snorting. My nose is itchy. My point was is that I want to. I want you two to discuss it and how you two feel about diversity. Uh, you know, I said all I needed to say last week, Derek. You saw it. I, mm-hmm. you know, I think we commented on good, but to get another voice in here that matters is important to me. Um, in the face of, and I do want to preface it. This is the only preface I'm going to make. As awesome as AEW was, those debuts, I, a wrestling fan, very happy. But as far as the color palette, <laughs> mm-hmm. not great. Yeah. And and with the Big E win this weekend, depending, you know, we're all on different sides of the spectrum on that one. Mm-hmm. It was still nice to see something different. Mm-hmm. Derek, you and Craig, I, Derek, you, you started off. Get off your chest what I know you've been wanting to for two weeks and you and Craig have a have a have a chat. Um. Here's, here's the thing, um, and I'm at the my, my son and my niece are both fans now too. So I think it's cool for kids their age to turn on the television and you see a Naomi if you're a little girl or a Bianca Belair or a Sasha Banks and they look like you. You know, Naomi comes out with a big Afro. Oh, I have a big Afro. It's always cool to turn on the television and see somebody who looks like you doing what you like. And in terms of diversity mattering, um, and it's not just African-Americans, it's it's Hispanics too. Because I remember when I was in high school, all my Hispanic friends were ecstatic when Eddie Guerrero beat Brock Lesnar. It, oh, it, was yeah. the, it was the biggest thing for them. And like you said, AEW was a great show, but when you looked in that ring, everybody looked alike. And then you turn on Raw, which is the evil empire, you know, WWE, and you turn on NXT or you turn on SmackDown, and it's like a rainbow. It's people from all walks of life, all different colors, all different cultures. And that type of thing matters in 2021. And I'm not saying, you know, oh, well, you have to put the belt on somebody because they're a minority. No. But when I was growing up, it was Ron Simmons. And then it was a big gap. And then it was The Rock. And in between Ron Simmons and The Rock, you got the occasional Ahmed Johnson. Um, I thought I thought Johnny B. Bad was black, but like I said before, I was, I was wrong. If you hadn't come on this podcast, Derek, <laughs> you'd never want to know. We 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 I mean, shattered that we shattered that I image for you. I had to I had to, I had to erase him from my memory, but, but there was an <laughs> there was an Ahmed here, and you know Harlem Heat, who you yeah. know if you if you believe the stories, they wanted to come out in chains with Colonel Parker, so that shows you where WCW was at at the time. Right. Um, Wait, and, hold know, on. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> what? You never heard that story? No. I believe they, it. They they their debut, which. They filmed and I guess they deleted it. Had Colonel Parker bringing at the time they were Cole and I forget the other name. It was Booker T and Cole. Cole and Kane. Yeah. And they were they were coming out on chains and Robert Parker was bringing them to the ring while they were chained together. That was yeah. the original idea. And for keep in mind, we're Robert Parker, uh, Robert Fuller still dressed like a plantation owner whenever yes, he, he came yes. out with uh, with Harlem Heat. Yeah. So that I that part didn't to, change. I think I need to go pray. <laughs> <laughs> but um 
you know, and and then, you know, so you get the occasional Harlem Heat and Ahmed Johnson, but there was really nobody. I mean, you know, I love the guy, but I had ice train. <laughs> you know, yeah. ice train in WCW and, you know, hard work, hard body, Bobby Walker, whatever his name was, the guy that had like one leg out and his tights yeah. to the, the, and the handsome guy. But, oh God. Yeah. That guy. Remember, remember him? That was, yeah. Yes. Guy. I do remember him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, and there was another one hard or something. Harrison. Yes, hard, hard, yes, and he had the he had the braids and the beads. Yeah, yeah, and he had yeah. one 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 real bad match on Nitro, and you're like, you out. <laughs> That's it. We we yeah. had enough. But and then you know you fast forward, and we had you know Farouk in the nation and that whole thing. But it 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 matters a lot. Like there's a reason why the highest grossing Marvel film that's not the Avengers is Black Panther. Black Panther. Yes. You know, it's the reason why I went and I saw the new Shang Chi movie and there were little Asian kids jumping out of their seats and they were all, they were ecstatic. And I love to see that because you can't have one thing for too long and expect everybody to continue to be interested in it. You know, for as great, you know, Stone Cold was amazing, but thank God we had The Rock. Thank God yeah. we have the Nation of Domination, you know, Godfather, D'Lo, Mark Henry, all these other things. You had the Luchadors on WCW. I think everybody needs to be represented. And when you can have that in a business that didn't always have a representative for everybody, I think it expands the business and you open it to more fans. I think the, the all the wrestlers you named, Derek, and you're right, you know, going through uh, being a wrestling fan and especially with my era, when you can count on one hand that you had your Ernie Ladd, your Rocky Johnson, your Bobo Brazil, and you were done. Yeah. Um, and I ran out of, I have still had many fingers left, but that's it. Because that's yeah. all that was coming through in my neck of the woods. And for the NWA, uh, you had either you're one black star, you're, you're one black heel, you're one black baby face, and you filled your quota. Um, and that was it for every territory. Um, bad for rep representation. Great for guys like Ernie and Rocky Johnson because they would be the highest paid wrestlers in whatever territory they were in because not only were they the only black baby face or only black heel, they were the top ones there too. Junkyard Dog, chief among yeah. them. He was, if any, if anything, it was it was Bill Watts's um, visionary look to see uh, the crowds in the South in New Orleans mm -hmm. in particular that made up 80% of his house, but they didn't have, they were cheering for all these white guys. And it was Bill Watts said, well, why don't we get, uh, why don't we have a top black yeah. face here so we can get the people in there. And here's Junkyard Dog. So here's Junkyard Dog, Sylvester Ritter, who had never wrestled anywhere out in any consequence. And he sold out the Superdome mm. in 1980. 26,000. And he nice. was the main event, not Andre, not Dusty Rhodes. It was a, a junkyard dog who I who, who the only time I ever saw him was in the magazines. And he was even still he wasn't on the cover because it was, you know, Dusty, it was Dusty, it was Flair, it was Harley Race. But and the, the fact that Bill Watts saw this and you got twenty six thousand people in the Superdome to see a guy who was not a mainstream star, but who was a star in New Orleans, in the Mid-South. And I had to go all the way towards in the mid-90s when we were when we only got the uh, Ron Simmons and the Butch Reeds um, and the Tony Atlases. But of all places, in maybe the most redneckingest part of the country that there is, another visionary, Jim Cornette, mm -hmm. saw to it to 
have a tag team called the Gangsters. And if it weren't for a New Jack uh, and Mustafa to a lesser degree, but for if it weren't for New Jack's promos, because I, I was I was telling Dan when um, I was getting into the wrestling newsletters in the mid 90s, uh, right when the uh, the after magazines were kind of going down and the, the wrestling tribune, the wrestling choir were really telling you what was going on. And they'd have their year end list. And every year, you know, they and then when they have the category for best promos, you know, they'd be Ric Flair, they'd be Cactus Jack or Bret Hart. But New Jack would be in the top five in all these publications for best promo of the year. And I never even heard of him. He wasn't even on anywhere cable TV that I could see him. It wasn't until I started trading tapes that I saw this guy, this black wrestler, talking about, you know, I walked, I jumped out of my car and I slipped on tobacco juice with all these <laughs> rednecks, hillbillies out here. And, you know, I, somebody borrowed a line on social media after a couple of the anti-vaxxers died from COVID. And said Oops. and and showed the showed the clip of New Jack, the COVID. Keep up the good work. Keep Do up less the good work. That we got to worry about. <laughs> Keep up the good work. <laughs> but that's what New Jack said about OJ. You know, yeah. in the you know, in my shout out to OJ Simpson. Yeah, keep up the good work. Two less we got to worry about. Um, yeah, that's my black rep- representation. New Jack was the first black wrestler that called attention to the fact that. Hey, you know, it's he's not like a, a Tony Atlas or Rocket Johnson. I'm here for the people. Mm-hmm. New Jack is like, I'm here for my folk. I want to yeah, see my folk. Yeah. I'm sick of seeing all you redneck hillbillies out here. <laughs> and we don't care if you cheer for us or not. We came to whip some ass and to make some money. Mm-hmm. And that's refreshing. It's like kind of a throwback to an old Ernie lad that who never who never called attention to his color, but it just called attention to getting heat and putting down the baby faces. And whatever town he was in, of all the big dummies that come out to see me. Um, but yeah, the represent. But seeing that, seeing that um, from where I came from, you can count on one hand how many top black wrestlers were in the entire professional wrestling, not just mm-hmm. in one territory. But now we have a plethora of that in yeah. the in the evil empire. I'm not downing AEW because um, there are, they don't have wrestlers of color because where they go to get their talent mm-hmm. nightmare factory or the indies there isn't yeah, a lot yeah. of juice. that's just where it is just how it is I, I can't blame AEW for that if they don't push any black wrestlers when there aren't any to push outside of um of Hobbs who's got yeah. star written all over him and Ricky Starks mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. should be a, a main event or if, if if not by beginning of next year definitely should be by the end of next year but other than that you know, I and I, I when I talked with Dan last week about looking AEW or all elite white guys, um, <laughs> I, that's what I'm used to. All elite so, whiteies, all elite whiteies. But if there's an if there's a wrestling league that's all white, um, I'm not going to get all the all of because that's all I've seen. So yeah. if there's black wrestlers, they're great. But if there's not, you know, this isn't anything that I haven't seen. I want to I, 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 what uh, uh, privileged white guy here want to uh, yeah. correct the black gentleman. Yes. Sir. Um, <laughs> don't say yes, sir. After that, <laughs> I just want to read some names off. I wrote down. Okay. Uh, because um, there are people that you can pick off the Indies that can fill in those spots. It's yeah. horse shit. Um, Fred Yehi, guy who wrestled in Nova and all throughout the Southeast Northeast. 
mm. amazing talent who'd hang with anybody on TV right now with his eyes closed. Jonathan Gresham, he's with oh. ROH. Jonathan Gresham is probably mm-hmm. arguably the best wrestler out there, period. Derek, would you he's agree a, with me? He's amazing. I love everything about him. Okay. O'Shea Edwards, the guys, the guy I tagged you on a post this week, uh, yeah. Craig. That yeah, uh, he oh, really, oh my god, he's that's like a big scary guy, right? Yes. Now, see, he's yeah. someone that the WWE would take oh, just despite AEW. Yeah, yes, he's he's yes, because yeah. he's yeah. he's got exactly what Vince drools over. He's got everything yeah. that Vince drools over. Let's mention the ladies, Trisha Dore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either of you have heard of Trisha Dore or any, or Dora, excuse me, or anybody here. Uh, listening has ever heard of her do yourself a favor the pan-african champion right now at fight in dc amazing amazing wrestler and a sweetheart uh let's see here um i mentioned jonathan gresham willow nightingale where's she hired uh, wrestling right now she's not on one of the big two mm-hmm. In the NWA or Impact? <laughs> Grievick said, why in the fuck did I see a black man then get you? <laughs> uh, Eric Royal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric Royal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grievick said, oh, there he is. He's coming. I was just adding names to the conversation, sir. <laughs> or madam. Um, Eric Royal, again, one of the best wrestlers out there. If you've not heard who Eric Royal is, please, please look up. Billy Dixon. Mm-hmm. Billy Dixon hang, Dixon can hang with anybody on TV. Now, so you, I yeah. just want to go ahead. Now, are you are you were you saying suggesting that if AEW signs these people, that would help their their roster, or would they they help any roster? They no, I'm talking about AEW. The, AEW. the comment that you said that where they have where they yeah. grab talent from, there is no black talent. I just yeah. named seven. Okay, seven signed tomorrow. Sign okay. tomorrow. Now, put if them AEW, on TV, but gently, you, you can take over. Yeah, no, but if AEW has already know, knows of these wrestlers and they haven't signed them, then shame on AEW. Yes, but no, if, they know. Oh, they know. They're okay. Look, look how Derek, Derek, tell me about Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, he's, he's, you would think every major company would want him on the roster. He's amazing. And he's mm-hmm. like, he's like an old time grappler, but he has a modern day feel to him. And he's amazing. How he's, and he's probably contracted to ROH, but how that they're not throwing money at him when his contract is up. Right. You know, he's, he's amazing. And one of the things that bothers me about AEW, and I know some people get upset when you say anything negative about them was when they had the big rollout and they were going to all the TV shows and they were talking about how they you know, they were a progressive show. They took Sonny kiss who checks two boxes when you're mm-hmm. talking about diversity and they tried it, Sonny kiss out there. Mm-hmm. And a year into the company, Sonny Kiss isn't even on television anymore. Nope. And and I I don't want to be, you know, I I, I don't want to sit here and go, oh, well, they just used Sonny to get looks and eyes on the company and go, look, look, look. And then once they got going, they pushed Sonny to the side. But it's awfully fishy that Sonny can't get on television now, that you have a spot for everybody except mm-hmm. Sonny when it doesn't, you know, when you don't need to push a narrative out there. Now, like I said, I could be completely wrong. Maybe they don't have anything for Sonny, but it's mighty funny how Sonny Kiss disappeared once the ball got rolling. I agree with that. And he, he you're, that's right there. He may be on AEW Dark. I don't know because I don't watch. I don't know anyone who watches the YouTube show uh, if he's still on that. But yeah, that is curious. 
my my problem with AEW, aside from the the stunning lack of diversity, is now that you're bringing these big name talents and making them the star, they're pushing the guys that were already there out of the way. So I'm I'm AEW may be uh, exactly what happened to WWF in the early '80s. They were so busy getting everyone else's talent that they didn't have enough room to feature yeah. them all. And yeah. so people were just, you know, shoved by the wayside and, and or pushed away. And they signed them for a reason. Because right now I see Adam Cole, Punk, and Brian Danielson. Now what happens when they grab – right now they have all the headlines. But what happens when they start to get main event pushes and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's – they're the guys that are on top. And the, the guys that we're used to seeing in AEW are even further, you know – not or even even more invisible than we're not seeing on on uh on their tv and especially if if more show up and we mentioned last week uh if bray wyatt's still out there or braun Strowman's still out there uh it, rick flair uh mm-hmm. it just became public knowledge that kevin owens contract is up at the end of this year so if if AEW all of a sudden has all those guys not only is your your diversity even further lacking but now they're all going to get the main event pushes and your AEW guys like Sonny Kiss or even a Mark Quinn, who I think is the best athlete on the AEW roster that's stuck in the private party um, purgatory. Or they're, they're not going to see the light of day on yeah. TV or anytime. And it's like you mentioned, you know, WCW made the same mistake. They signed Hogan. They brought in all his friends and Vince goes, all right, I'll take that stunning Steve Austin guy. I'll take that Cactus Jack guy. They, they took all the underneath guys and yeah. they gave them a spotlight they didn't have and they mm-hmm. became stars. But like you said, yeah, they're, they're bringing in all these faces. And I remember Private Party when AEW started, they were one of the most enjoyable parts of the show to me. They were the they main were, event, the first, the first show. They were completely different than anything they had on that roster. Mm-hmm. And now they're just fodder for Matt Hardy. And it's like, okay, you know, now they're just, they're in a group of guys that you can almost consider the oddities and and all these guys are being brought now and there's an audience for somebody yeah like private party like there's an audience for bianca like there's an audience for the street profits and all these other guys and i don't know if it's these offices they lack diversity too so i don't know you know there there aren't guys like me and you in these offices going hey how about these guys but wwe they figured it out you know they had the big sb awards let's send Montez and Bianca and Sasha to represent the company. You know, yeah. people they they see that thing. That type right. of stuff matters. Mm-hmm. And have you ever seen Private Party and the Street Profits in the same place at the same time? Just, <laughs> no, just, being, just curious. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, I, I just but whoever but whoever's running AEW and WWE, who who came first? Because it's like let's dress them both the same, or like have mm-hmm. them come out wearing mm-hmm. almost identical outfits. Yeah, but uh, that's weird how certain wrestling companies see black tag teams but yeah um anyway um having uh the new day be the face of the tag team division in uh wwe while it's an incredible insult to me as a wrestling fan to have these bunch of clowns be considered the greatest tag team in wwe history and i'm not even joking i think it is a slap in the face uh the fact that they are the face of the company or that they represent wwe more than any other tag team ever has in the history of the company is an incredible achievement that they have done. So whenever the new day ends, whenever all three of them hang it, hang it up, they've left an indelible mark on maybe the whitest company in the history of mm-hmm. professional wrestling. 
So uh, that cannot be understated in the name, cannot be. So my bias for them aside, um, what they've accomplished, and three of the New Day, two of them have been world champions, and two of them uh, were two of the, the guys that were most uh, appreciative and got the most public and private support. When Kofi won it, it was a happening. And the fact that, it, and that's the only thing that was missing from Big E's moment, not that it should have happened at WrestleMania, but the Kofi's moment at WrestleMania was absolutely groundbreaking. I still remember the, the video of, of MVP and Shad Gaspar yeah. hugging um, because they knew what it meant for, yeah. for people that look like us uh, for that to happen. Um, would not have happened uh, at any other time but now. So uh, for the new day to, uh, to have this, this moment is um, it's groundbreaking and it's um, very enjoyable to see. And it's funny because, you know, I've seen interviews with Xavier Woods and he goes, you know, when we when we made this group, everybody thought, oh, they're going to be the new nation of domination. And he goes, why? Because we're a bunch of black guys who are together. He goes, when you guys first saw the Wyatts, you didn't think they were the Godwins. So why would you think we're the nation? And then MVP, he makes the Hurt Business and right. he goes, People think we're going to be the new nation. It's like if you get a group of black guys together, they have to be the nation of domination. It can't be anything else no. but the nation. And it just shows how some fans, how some fans, um, how they, they perceive us. You know, they they say things like, you know, you know, our, you know, Biggie smiles too much or our truth smiles too much. And it's like, well, you know, bl black people aren't just angry militants you know yeah. we like to have fun we like to dance we have other other things we like to do but it's like they're just like go. us Derek <laughs> right it's like we're all the same minus you know the, the painting well um what <laughs> no that can't be but it's it's you know you, you hear it like oh I wish they'd be more serious and it's like well we're not all one thing yeah. and that's I think that's the ignorance of I want I don't want to say all professional wrestling fans mm -hmm. but most and that's why when you brought up New Jack and put a smile on my face, because I'm pretty sure those people up in the Smoky Mountains had no idea what hit them <laughs> when New Jack came into that town. Every, every time I see that, I just think of the audience Jim Cornette was uh, catering to and just slapping New Jack out there on the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just watching Bob Caudle's voice when he was the one holding the microphone when New oh. Jack said OJ. And Bob Caudle was like, oh, come on. That's, that's too much. And as far as the celebration goes, I had this conversation with someone in, um, about the end zone celebrations, the touchdowns, and how uh, black football players did that, or, you know, or black basketball players. Did um, I had to, to remind them that they weren't allowed to play this game do once upon a time or weren't allowed to play on any team with anyone or have white teammates or even dress with their white teammates so when they scored a touchdown it was a celebration mm -hmm. um if 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 a white guy had was the first one to spike the football or do a touchdown dance nobody would have said anything because he mm -hmm. was yeah but a black person does it and it's like why they're just showing off or they're just no we're happy to be there because we yeah. weren't allowed to play this game for the longest time or Hell, even allowed the, to succeed the redskins didn't desegregate until 1962 yeah the, 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 what? Giants, the, the giants still haven't had i think it wasn't until eli got benched we hadn't had a black, black quarterback. quarterback in in forever 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And you see it now with the, the Hispanic baseball players where, you know, some of them, they, they sneak out of, they have to sneak into the country to get over here. So when they hit a home run, they're excited. And next thing you know, you have a pitcher throwing the ball at their head. And they don't yeah. do anything by it. They're just happy to be here. Exactly. Because they weren't always, they weren't supposed to be there because if yeah. we were up to baseball, there would be no Hispanic players or players mm-hmm. of color or anything like that. So it's like that. Yeah. And, and Derek, to your point, Philly is like the, the anti New York because we've had nothing but black quarterbacks here. <laughs> yeah. And, so we've had them, yeah. and Donovan and Vic and yeah, now, and now Jalen. So we, uh, it's, but again, it's not, it's not lost on us. The, the celebration isn't just because um, we're rubbing in anyone's face. It's, it, it goes back to a long history of celebration when we get equality it's not like we have more than you it's like we have the same thing as you so we can play just like you go ahead dan we're an hour and five minutes into aw dynamite and the other than rosario dawson by the way <laughs> watching on the show <laughs> other than rosario dawson the first main african-american star is on tv an hour and five minutes in actually in the spotlight as the main focus on the camp, mm-hmm. other than Rosario Dawson, and it's Jade, by the way, who's amazing. Jade yes, Cargill, yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, that's why you guys were talking off camera. I was like, "What? What the fuck?" Because it was Rosario Dawson was front and center, getting a promo cut on her by Aleister Black, and I was legitimately confused about what the hell was going on. <laughs> and then, and then I tweeted, "If something happens, to Rosario Dawson." Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole, the whole, the rest. You got, you got Star Wars fans coming at you. You have Marvel fans. You have Kevin Kevin Smith Smith fans fans coming at you. Yeah, we got all three right here, buddy. I'm coming after you. I need my Mandalorian. You're right. Continue, Jen. Oh, I need that show to come out so much. Yeah, I need my yeah. I need my night nurse. So you need I need my my deleted scene from uh, the Devil's Rejects. Yes, I need my Men in Black three. But um, uh. Yeah, the uh, going forward, I know what the uh, the WWE's plans uh, is. Obviously, a great uh, program with Big E and and Bobby Lashley is in order. You know, they can they can go one. Bobby Bobby Lashley obviously can say I was hurt, I wasn't ready, I already wrestled Randy Orton and Riddle, and so you couldn't beat me a hundred percent. Or we can go the completely other way. MVP can say. I thought we was brothers. How did you do that to us, man? Come on. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I could see either one of those. And and they would still and they would make for great TV. But the fact that yes, there's two back-to-back black world heavyweight champions. Absolutely amazing. Um and again, even not even being a fan of Big E, I can appreciate the moment for what it is and uh congratulate the man on what he's what he's accomplished and um, a great guy. It's not like he were giving, they're giving the world champion to someone who, who uh, didn't deserve it or, or the fans don't like, or the, the wrestlers don't like, this is a, a guy that has paid his dues and um, is up and uh, got what he deserves. And by that same token, they should do the exact same thing for Cesaro or it, it should have been Cesaro at least five years ago. Yeah. So I, yeah. I so, well, we got Roman Reigns and we got Big E on top of the mm-hmm. anthills right now. Yeah, uh, I'm still sad about the hurt business though. The yes. the, oh, the, hurt, the hurt business in Raw should be exactly what the bloodline is on SmackDown. They should exactly. be two warring factions, and he can even have a Survivor. We got Survivor Series coming up. 
they could have gone head to head in some in some type of way. But uh, you know, I I don't know why Vince is so enamored with the bloodline. Maybe because he's he got the Samoan dynasty in his from his past and from from what his dad did with mm-hmm. you know Peter Maivia and Rocky and the Afonsica. But the Hurt Business and Bobby Lashley, they were supposed to have a coronation on Raw that never happened. But yeah. when was it again happened in 2021? Black World Champion and Black World Tag Team Champions at the same time. Same time. Never happened. Ever. Yes. It and, even goes, it goes back to Nation to Nation never even did that. Go ahead. And, and the heartbreaking part with them was, I remember, I remember the date. It's like the Mets-Royals game. <laughs> 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 my birthday was on the 27th. I got a Hurt Business t-shirt that day. They broke them up the 29th that Monday. And I, and I, and I, just, I just looked at the screen like, come on. Did, did come you cry, like you, did you cry yes. like you did at the Royals game? Yes, yes. yes. I looked at the shirt and cried. And cried. The <laughs> but, um, and like we said, like, it's, it's cool to turn on the television and see somebody who looks like you. Like, to bring up Black Panther again, my grandmother is 80 plus years old, Southern woman from Georgia. She couldn't give a damn about a superhero movie. But my grandmother went to watch Black Panther and she came back and she was like, I enjoyed it. It was so great. It was just so black and beautiful. And I remember thinking, that it matters. It yes. made a fan out of her. Derek, I went with my mom, who's 80, who just turned 87, to see Black Panther. And she bought me comic books, but didn't know a damn thing about it. And that's how you know, as far as Fans, not wrestling fans, but just re- movie fans. The I, the way you know a movie is good, you take someone to a Marvel movie and they don't know shit about comic books mm-hmm. or anything like that, and they come away enjoying it. That's the sign of a good movie. My mom didn't know nothing about nothing. She thought we were going to see the Huey Newton story. Part she did. <laughs> we we're going to see Black life. Panther, but but she was in that. Oh, she was enthralled. Black yeah. Panther still, still the only Marvel movie ever to be nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Again, for the, and there's a reason for that because yeah. it was the best, maybe still with the best Marvel movie ever put out, best solo Marvel project ever. Best percussion yeah, it, instruments came out of that part of the world. That's <laughs> that's right. It's the the motherland, the home of the drum, as Chuck <sighs> once said. Yeah. Oh, but, I love that oh. theme so goddamn much. I really do. <laughs> But yeah, it, 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 my wife, my wife doesn't care about superhero movies. And when Black Panther went off, I, I we had to turn away from each other because we thought we were gonna cry <laughs> because it it felt like a it felt like a bit yeah like I turned my head away from her. I don't her to, and don't look at me. And meanwhile, she she's looking the other way. But it's and you know you you have to do more of that to bring more people in. Like I said, it's not just black people. You you turn on the NBA and they have female you know, assistant coaches, you turn on the NFL and there's a, you know, there's a black female referee, which is something new. All these things will cause your business to boom because somebody who you've neglected from years is going to turn on your product and see somebody who looks like them that they never saw before. And they're going to go, oh, I want to check this out. And back in my day, there was no examples. If a little girl said, I want to be a, a NFL referee, there was no examples or if she wanted to drive NASCAR or if she wanted to play golf or she wanted to play tennis, there was zero examples growing up. Yeah. Now, uh, and your, your daughter or, or any kids, they have nothing but examples. They have mm-hmm. tons of examples of stuff that they, if they want to do, they can do because there's so many barriers that have been broken and so many uh, 
hurdles have already been crossed. Uh, so if you're a black girl, you can be the best tennis player of all time. You can officiate a, an NBA game. You can drive NASCAR. You can be a, a great golfer. Um, yeah. If you're a little black boy and could, because there's not, there's no, there's no limit now because, uh, because representation matters because you've seen that. Um, I thought if I wanted to be a professional wrestler, I'd have to wait till Bruno retired because that's the only way I'd ever see a black world champion. And, um, <laughs> and if, if Ernie Ladd didn't want to do it, then there wasn't going to be a black world champion yeah. as far as I knew. Cause I didn't think I, I thought I'd see one in my lifetime. I just didn't know when it would be. Thankfully it was this man yeah. who did it. Um, and again, lo and behold, Derek, it was Bill Watts. who was a booker then. I know. Right. It's weird. That, it's so yeah. weird to me. That, uh, let me ask you about Bill Watts. Why does Bill Watts get such a bad rap these days? Is is it a fair assessment on his uh, part, or is it just history rewriting? Like, what's the deal with that? What's Bill the Watts. deal with Bill Watts? Now, what's the deal with Bill Watts? Uh, Bill Watts, uh, you can't. We have to separate his visionary and his his look uh, because when it comes down to it, Bill Watts is great a wrestler as he was, and as great a booker as he was. He was also what he saw more than anything else was was money, especially when yeah. it came to booking a territory. He was at he wrestled in, in, in Mid-South. He stayed there. He lived there. He's gone to every arena in the Mid-South from New Orleans to Mississippi to Alabama to uh, Houston, Texas. And he sees nothing but black folks there. The same mm-hmm. ones that were cheering him, the same ones that were booing him. Right. And it's like this area needs if they have a black baby face. Imagine they're coming out to see white, fat, white old me. Imagine if they had a a black, you know, and that entered the junkyard dog. And and his mistake was after he left was trying to replace him with another (laughs) black superstar, with Butch Reed, with the snowman. He even tried with with Iceman or Brickhouse for a while. Didn't work. But again, he saw that going forward. And he was always enamored like a lot of promoters were with former football players turning professional wrestlers. That's why when he saw Ron Simmons, same way. And that was a guy that he pushed to the moon because he knew he could handle it. And he did. And then the rest is history. But not only because of of what Ron Simmons could do, but also what Ron Simmons represented. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't lost on any of the crowd. And by then, obviously, the crowds were a lot more diversified and WCW was not just in the Mid-South, but, you know, global. And that's what made uh, Ron Simmons the, uh, the, the perfect choice and the perfect candidate for that. And by the time we got to Rock, he was so over and so transcended wrestling, yeah. you never even saw him as black. Exactly. Or, or half black, half Samoan. It was, this guy is, I can't take my eyes off the screen. When I was going to pay-per-view parties with my back when I had guys when we go to the guys house watch pay-per-view and the girlfriend and they would bring their girlfriends or their wives and we would be on the living room and the girls would be out in the kitchen on the deck you know talking amongst themselves because we were we were what we were watching was stupid and I mm-hmm. can't believe you guys watched that garbage when rock was on it was like yeah. wait well who's that yeah who's that guy yeah Okay, well, I'll stay for him, but after that, the rest of it's stupid. <laughs> and next thing you know, The Rock is uh, Dwayne Johnson, and he's the highest paid actor in all of Hollywood. 
Yeah, when when I was in school and we used to watch it, you know, the girls used to be like, you guys still watch that fake stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then it turned into, well, was The Rock on it? Dude, my grandmother, sad to say, you know, I guess God rest her soul. I don't know. Um, <laughs> my grandmother, she's racist old white woman. That she that, that her generation was that. Yeah. She would call me every goddamn Thursday to tell me she was watching the rock show. <laughs> the rock show. The rock. I'm show. watching the rock show. But yes, grandma, I know. <laughs> Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. same one. This 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 woman who would say the most vile things. Also, I I love pointing out the hypocrisy. Would also mm-hmm. raise me on listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire and Louis mm-hmm. Armstrong. And yeah. she was like. I'm like, oh, I'm also watching The Rock. Grandma, I don't know what message you're trying to send me here. What's going on, Grandma? Uh, you need to, you need to, you need to stop. But also, but you see how how perfect Rock was when Rock won the world championship. There was no big outcry about him being the first black world champion. Exactly. Yeah, none. none. It was just that it was right. The Rock won because he wasn't. And, it was the yeah. Ron Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I, I get it. But the first, but I mean, the first person of color to ever mm-hmm. win the WWE Championship, because that's there's, something there's I so did far behind, man. Yeah, uh, that stat, the 2021 stat, the first time was just, it blew me away. Didn't even occur yeah. to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nuts. It, it, when they said it, obviously I knew, but when you hear them say it, it's like, wow, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. And I got some critics um, and comments that were deleted on my uh, Facebook page. It's like, why are you making such a big deal? Like, everything's black. Why are you making? And I, I kind of counter, if it happened so often before that you mm-hmm. wouldn't notice it, I wouldn't bring it up. Okay. Yeah. If there's a white, if this was the first white world champion that ever was, you know, that'd be a big deal. If there was nothing but black folks winning mm-hmm. the WWE title and the white person won it. That would be a big deal. But because it it hasn't happened, that's why it's a big deal now. If this was, if if it wasn't such a a rarity, trust me, I wouldn't be I I wouldn't be bringing it to your attention right now. That's why everything's so black now. Because yeah. guess what? <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. Yes, why you you gotta go out of your own way to even complain it. Just don't play your cards like that, man. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you, don't go yeah. into the comments and be like, "Why is it a big deal?" I, I, yeah. Ooh, pull that back. I, I just am on my own on the comic book guru's podcast page, Derek. I made a uh, uh, a point that the next five Marvel movies will be directed by people of color and uh, ethnic because in Shang Chi and the Eternals and Ms. Marvel, and I think the Marvel is the first time they've had five directors of five different uh, people of color. And someone commented, why are you making such a big deal? Shouldn't it be just because they're, they're great directors? I said, yeah, they are great directors. Um, but the fact that there are people of color in all in one genre, um, my favorite genre, that's why I'm, I'm bringing it up. Um, yeah. Nobody said anything about uh, if there was five straight Italian directors directing mafia movies. Exactly. <laughs> because, there's been, because there's been like 30,000 of those. Yeah. It's it, it's funny. I I work with a lot of some closeted and some just outright bigots. I'm not afraid to say that. Oh, your and status, your status updates sometimes are my favorite. 
<laughs> and they were talking about, and I work with a lot of older black men too, and they were talking about Doug Williams and how happy they were when Doug Williams became the first black man to win the Super Bowl. And there was an old Italian guy. He goes, why, is it, why does it matter that he was black? He's just a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And the older black guy at my job looked at me and goes, you're Italian, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, you won't shut up about Rocky Marciano. <laughs> he goes, why do I have, why is it such a big deal? Why is Rocky Marciano such a big deal? He's just a boxer. But he was undefeated and, he, you know, he was Italian and blah, 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 blah. See, when, when, when certain people, when somebody who looks like them or from their culture wins, they love to wave the flag. They love to have this joy. But the moment it's somebody who doesn't look like them, well, why is it a big deal? You know, why, why is this the first black female this or the first black president? Why is it a big deal? Because it hasn't happened before. And when it becomes commonplace, we'll shut up about it because it won't be a big deal anymore. Yeah. Derek, the only thing I wish you would have said was, there they go. Every time I start talking about boxing, a white man got to put Rocky Marciano Rocky in his ass. Yes, they won! Yes, they won! Rocky Marciano! Rocky Marciano! Rocky Marciano! What's it for? Rocky Marciano was good. Look at Bandit Joe Lewis. Rocky Marciano won shit! What did he say? He said, Rocky Marciano beat Joe, Joe, Lewis. Joe Lewis. is that? Joe, Joe Lewis was 157 years old. Know, said, Joe Lewis lied about his age. He lied about his age all the time. One time I met Frank Sinatra. I said, Frank, you man, you hang out with Joe Lewis. Just between you and me. How old is Joe Lewis? You know what Frank Sinatra told me? Joe Lewis is 137 years old. 137 <laughs> years old! Uh, I love coming to America. Man, I'm going to have to watch no Frank again. Sinatra. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. Who's next? Who's next? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh shit that's what yeah, I was you, you would have said uh, no, <laughs> you know the boxer thing you know Derek, Derek and I talked about it for years before they finally put Joe Frazier up yeah oh why he would yeah. always bring up Derek would always message me and go why do Philly why does Philly always make a big deal about Rocky when you have smoking Joe, Joe Frazier right there yeah. and I said I don't know I hate those fucking movies. <laughs> it, it, it's not, um, I have cousins in Philadelphia, and I would always ask them, like, well, when is Allen Iverson getting a statue? When are you guys going to get Dr. J a statue? Why do you guys keep prancing around this damn Rocky statue when he wasn't even a damn real boxer? And they just shrugged. I don't know. That's Philly. Yeah. They just shrugged uh, their yeah. shoulders. Do, uh, do, do, we, we do have a Dr. J statue. And um yeah, a, now, yeah, and, and, and a Will Chamberlain statue, but yeah, I agree. Uh, and Allen Iverson statue. But we we do finally have a Joe Frazier, Joe Frazier statue. statue. We fi- wait, finally, wait. though. Yeah, I know. Like too late. Took so long. Shit, yeah. when you go over the uh Pat uh the New Jersey Transit Patco line that goes in from 30th Street back over the river into Philly, you pass over. I forget the street it's on. The brick building yes, that still it's says Joe, Joe Frazier's Joe boxing gym. gym. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. right there, and yeah. it took until 2015 or 16 to get a statue out there. But we got the fat white woman who sang the flyers to the freaking <laughs> Stanley Cup out there. That was there. Yeah, it was always it was always weird because you always hear because and, and she we, really helped the team. You always hear Philly was starved for champions. We need champions, and it's like, well, Joe Frazier was a champion. Joe yeah, goddamn Frazier's right there <laughs> it, when they were trying to get when all the Sports radio guys, and my dad, unfortunately, included, he just didn't like Allen Iverson. Another conversation for another time. <laughs> I don't think he, I've never had that inclination about him, but I was like, why are you mad about Allen Iverson? Well, whatever. But everybody, Craig, you remember everybody on the radio saying, get rid of him. He's a locker room cancer. 
well, who else you got on this team right now? Yeah. <laughs> Who's he playing with? <laughs> but, but but no, you don't yeah. trade Allen Iverson. Just like you don't trade Claude Giroux or Alex Ovechkin as far as hockey. Generational talent. And they did trade him. And what happened? Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing happened but, at all. But And Dan, as an, that's all I heard the, during Donovan McNabb's entire run here as an Eagle. And I was like, get rid of Donovan, get rid of Donovan. I was like, and, do, and get who? I'm like, do you realize that when Donovan was here, the unparalleled level of success that the Eagles had oh, while he was here? Five straight division championship, four championship. Do you know how bad we were before we got Donovan? And do you know how bad we were after Donovan left? Craig, it started the day they took Donovan instead of Ricky Williams when Angelo Cataldi, the big white Italian dude, was all not even from Philly, was all over Philly radio, crapping on Donovan Nav saying what a piece of crap he was. He hadn't thrown the ball one snap. I, I remember that. Got I booed on that. draft day. And meanwhile, Poor he's the uh, last I checked, Donovan McNabb is the winningest quarterback in Eagles history with the most touchdowns, most yards, and most playoff wins than any Eagles quarterback in history. But yeah, let's get rid of him while we're that, winning five hey, great division titles. How did that Carson Wentz thing work out? Because he wasn't yeah. even there when the Super Bowl happened. It was a yeah. different white guy. Yeah. Just saying. Let me tell you something. I, yeah, good. I Donovan McNabb would beat my Giants constantly. He would come in and curb stomp Kerry Collins like it was nobody's business. And even I couldn't hate him. I had a Donovan McNabb Vaughn jersey. I loved Jeremiah Trotter and Brian Dawkins. And I lo- so when I would hear that they say, Oh, let's get rid of Donovan. Okay, I'll take him. Let him come to New York. I'll I take just, him because we have nobody. But I, I just, it blows my mind that those kind of. Who would you who do you want in their place, Nimrod? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't get it. I never got it. That dude was hated his entire run here. Yeah. Craig, you vouch for me. Yeah. The, Philly Philly Sports Radio. Hey, Frank died one time. I think we should trade Donovan with them. For who? <laughs> and get who? <laughs> who do you want in his place? Yeah, Stupid. I love that. Yeah, and, and to, to, to their credit, they were saying the same thing about Fire Andy Reid, the winningest coach in the Eagles history. Oh. And, fire, and get who? <laughs> get, like, we have Hall of Fame coaches growing on trees. Like, we got all Pro Bowl quarterbacks just hanging out there that need a job. Yeah, we'll get rid of Donovan McNabb. And similar, he, it's a similar argument, Craig, but it's like if for the last six years, it's been trade Claude Giroux, trade Claude Giroux. And now, you know, six years later, it's like, well, yeah, if this doesn't work out, we should trade him. But now that it's been happening for the last six years, that argument's old. You don't trade generational talent. No. Randall Cunningham didn't stay here long enough. Mm-hmm. I know I know that was sour towards the end, but Randall Cunningham was fantastic. It was, mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't have one piece of not. You can only blame Randall for so much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't get rid of Donovan McNabb. I, you don't get rid of Allen Iverson and then get him back. Yeah. Stupid. I, I remember I remember when I, Iverson took that team to the finals and they're like, oh, yeah. well, he couldn't beat the Lakers. I'm like, well, he's dragging a hundred-year-old Dikembe Mutombo <laughs> to, to the finals to play Shaq and Kobe. What do you want the guy to do? And uh, if you recall, uh, Allen Iverson and the uh, and the Pips were the only team to beat the Lakers that year yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, they won yeah. the first game. Like, give yeah. the guy some credit. And the Lakers swept every other team. 
for a split second there after that game, I was like, there's a chance. Can we do this? Can we do this? Because, you know, everyone's like, oh, they're, fighting, they're playing Lakers. Well, thanks, Alan. It was a great run. And then they beat him, and I'm like, Ooh, so oh, you so you're telling me there's, I mean, a, chance. there's a chance. And there wasn't. It was, yeah. <laughs> they went to sleep be, one night. They're like, that's not happening again. You got to be careful. I Look, I'm I'm a Knicks fan, and I believe the Knicks I'm are so cursed. sorry. <laughs> I believe they're cursed for the way they kicked Patrick Ewan out of town when, you know, he was hurt. And I believe the Sixers are going to be cursed for the way they just chased poor Allen Iverson out of town. Well, they're cur- well, bro. Yeah, d- dude, we're watching it unfold again, Craig, with men. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I will say this: uh, not only did they chase him out of town, Derek, they wouldn't even let him back in the building when he did come back. You remember that, right? Yeah, and yeah. and just just this past NCAA tournament, he's getting harassed by security because he's a coach for Georgetown. And he doesn't have ID on, and the guy, security guards, telling him, you know, we don't know who you are. You don't have ID. It's like I'm Patrick. I wish Ewing. I was there so I could have <laughs> said to him, uh, "That's Patrick fucking Ewing." And you also, it, also, man. I'm I'm seven feet tall. You really think I don't belong here? It's just some random guy just walking in, huh? Yeah, I just like, I just uh, like nice buildings. Yeah. The 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 as angry as I was, just the sidebar about Ben. As angry mm. as I was for that one play, it wasn't one play that ended that. Craig, no. you and I know. Yes, I I love Ben Simmons to death. I was yeah. mad. But I certainly don't want an ending like this, and I certainly don't want you know an Allen Iverson incident version two, where mm-hmm. as soon as he goes to the West Coast, he's like, "Hey, look at me, I'm magic." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, this this and uh, and Ben Simmons, and I'm saying this publicly on this HIEC Talk Radio. For those of you who don't already know, he's my favorite player on the Sixers, even more yeah. so than than Joel Embiid. So obviously, I don't want to see this happening. What's happening right now with Ben Simmons is terrible but unfortunately it looks like it's untenable uh because i don't know i don't see anything good happening here um with on his side or on on the other side but i don't think it's with with iverson um i'm i guess i'm on the other side because i think we went as as far as we could with him we obviously were not going to win with him he was going to get his i mean i he's going to get 30 points and average uh eight assists and two steals and we're look at the eighth seed and we get bounced. And that was the same thing every year in a row. We couldn't, and because of the way that our this is not Allen's fault, it was because of our front office signing our players to these ridiculous contracts. Mm-hmm. We had Eric Snow for $30 million, Aaron McKee, Aaron six million, McKee. for 35. And because of all that tied up in those guys, we're still we were still paying Matt Geiger. Matt Geiger after he didn't think because of that we couldn't sign anyone right now. Look at the NBA right now. You can get super teams. If other guys want to play, I want to play with this guy. We'll make a super with LeBron started the ball roll. Actually, with Paul Pierce with Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett started the ball rolling. Let's make super teams. And if I can't win with this team, I'll win with that team. We no, we couldn't get anyone to sign with Allen. We had no, we had nothing to offer any superstars. And now you're Paul Pierce at Hall of Fame. I would have loved to play with Iverson. This guy, I would have loved to play with Iverson. We couldn't make it happen because we were hamstrung. So we had to ride with Iverson, our best player, with no one else. And we get we just be stuck in in mediocrity. And in the NBA, you both know, in order to get really good, you have to get really mm-hmm. bad. If you're yeah. just in the eighth seed every year, you're not going to mm-hmm. go anywhere because you you're, you're going to get a, a ten to fifteen round. Ra- 
10 to 15 pick, pick 10 or 15th, and that guy is not going to be a game changer. Um, as far as like the, if you're really bad, you get a top seed, and those guys can turn your franchise around. Yeah, it's which, which is what we did with Joel and Ben. It's funny, my my buddy Randall was the biggest Allen Iverson fan, so he followed everything 76ers at that point. And I remember he would go, you know why we can't get any good players? And I was like, why? He goes, what was the owner's name? Uh, the ball-headed guy with the glass. Pat Croce. He's like, Pat Croce, he's so nice. He falls in love with these guys. He gives them big contracts, and then we can't pay any of the good guys. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. what happened. And there, well, it was Billy King um, the uh, yeah. who was signing those guys to the to the all those stupid contracts. Dan, if you're looking at AEW, don't look at AEW right now. <laughs> oh, I'm already... <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, this is a wrestling podcast. So, uh, we mm-hmm. cover basketball, football, baseball. baseball. Yeah, Wait, Sting's wearing today. makeup this whole time? Yeah, well, he's an anti-vaxxer. That's why he's not wearing a mask. Oh! Thank you, folks. Is Sting an anti-vaxxer? I was kidding. That was oh, saying they were, they don't... Were, they were removing his mask, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, okay. all right. Again. Don't you, okay. Eric Clapton, Steve uh, Borden, you son of a bitch. Yes. No, I'm just as appearing. Derek, is there anything uh, you want to close? Because I know you're, you're t- I say our time is short, but I think we're well over an hour. Derek, is there <laughs> anything you want to bring up before you get out of here? Um, No, just thanks for having me, man. I love this. I love talking to you guys. It's, it's, it's awesome. Well, I'm really tired of saying come on anytime and me having to beg you. So. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll be back, I guarantee, you, within the next month, I promise. Well, hopefully it won't be it, – it'll be so commonplace now. We don't have to talk about Black Bro Champions. I know, right? We can, yeah. We, yeah, we can talk about something talking, else. Yes. If it, if it, listen, if he could be on every week, I'd have him. So if you want to do yeah. bi-weekly, once a month, schedule, whatever you want to do. Oh, oh yeah. I, I will. Trust me. I will. I'll be back. Hey, 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 Derek. Call me. Uh, Derek doesn't have any social media, um, so don't try to find him. Craig, where can people follow you? I can follow me real quick while Dan recovers from his stroke uh, at Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. uh, Craig Lagon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Follow me. All social media platforms, DanLaw83. If you're watching live, go to YouTube.com slash DanLaw83 to watch the highlight. I did have something I wanted to say, Dan. My wife wanted me to tell you that she loves you. Um, probably because <laughs> <laughs> you took her side in my my little battle there. But she's like, I like Dan. <laughs> I love Dan. Uh, you were you were begging. I don't even remember what you were begging help for, but I was like, I ain't telling her nothing. No, no, yeah. no, no. I believe the way I read, worded it was, I ain't telling her anything. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> and wise I saw Yes, when when. <laughs> if you're watching live, thank tell her love you too. Plutonically. Yeah. No, no, it, it, she's the boss, so however way she wants to. Yeah, okay. <laughs> never mind. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching live, go to youtube.com slash Danlow83 for the highlights. It's a highlight channel note. No more full shows. If you missed the announcement, podcasts are going up. The live stream will stay up on Twitch, but only highlights go to youtube.com slash DanLaw83. If you're watching the highlights, go back to DanLaw.tv and watch the live shows. Every Wednesday at 8 o'clock, three HIC Talk radios, and the last Wednesday, Nerd Herders. For Derek McDonald, Craig Legans, I'm Dan. See you next time.